Friends, this morning I want to reflect with you from the Word of God on the first epistle of John, on the theme of true fellowship. True fellowship. True life is living in true fellowship. It is a sharing in, a communion, as you recall maybe from your Greek class and koinonia. And first, that is in Christ, the word of life, the, the principle of that fellowship, of that true fellowship. The word of life of which the apostle said, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled. That in the first place. In the second place, also the practice of true fellowship, as we have read, and with one another, so that you also may have fellowship with us. That is the basis of our community. As we reflect on fellowship in this semester as a seminary community, a spiritual oneness. Of which the principle is found in Christ. Of which its practice is found with one another. Flowing out of Christ. Flowing out of the fellowship of him. And these are the two aspects. The principle and the practice concerning fellowship. That I want to reflect on with you. This morning when we consider the first epistle of John. The first three verses. But in particular verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And reading and reflecting on these verses, meaning the reading and meditating and prayer of these verses, becomes clear that koinonia, fellowship, a commonality, Having fellowship is less like having a nice time together over pizza. It's less like having an interesting time discussing theological conundrums. But reading and reflecting on these verses point to an experience. What is seen, what is heard, what is looked upon, what is manifested what is revealed, shown to us, and of which we can bear witness, can testify on. And therefore I think these verses more particularly point to a personal experience. That first one, we have heard, we have seen, we have looked upon. First three, we have seen and heard. Or first one, our eyes. Our hands, our fellowship in verse 3. So have you seen? Have you heard? Do you have fellowship with Christ? The word of life. Union and communion with him, as you heard last week. Have you seen, have you looked upon Jesus, 
the living word, whom the Father has sent to you to reveal his light. Eh? Verse 5, God is light and exposes you, who you are in yourself and knows you much better than you know yourself, exposes your sin and when you walk in darkness and do not do the truth. And yet he invites you to walk in the light, walk in Christ. Only then we have fellowship one with another. Verse 7. And therefore, friends, have you seen Christ with spiritual eyes in all its beauty, in all its willingness and readiness to save sinners? in its willingness and his readiness to save you. Christ revealed in the scripture that which has been written with this purpose, says the apostle John, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. Have you seen him? Have you heard him? As John once heard, behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Verse 7, through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, which cleanses you from all your sin. Have you heard? Have you heard, follow me, my sheep hear my voice. And Christ says, I know them and they follow me. Yes, that means at times to take up your cross, otherwise we are not worthy of him. But have you heard his voice through his words? And that that voice is the voice of my beloved. When he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping over the hills, through his word, mountains of sin and shortcomings, hills of failings and flaws. Have you looked upon As John saw Christ on the cross. A time in your life that you came to the cross by grace and saw a dying savior for dying sinners. Died the death that you and I deserved. Friends, we did not deserve anything and yet God gave Everything that he had, his son, and he gave him for you. Is he manifested? Is he revealed? Is he shown to you? First two, for the life was manifested and was manifested to us. And therefore, being at seminary in a community, can you bear witness? Can you testify of him who he is for such one as you are your savior your substitute by grace fellowship koinonia is a union and communion with Christ first I say and these are distinguished these, these two are distinguished but must kept, be kept together if we are to appreciate the fullness of fellowship, of Christian fellowship. United to Christ is as divine with the branches, as the apostle reminds us. Christ 
in us, Ephesians 3, 3 vers 17, zodat Christ dwells in us. En wie aard in Christ, want Corinthians 1, those sanctified in Christ. French Union is about Christ complete and finished work. Not what I might feel or do on a given day. United to Christ and therefore you can have communion. With God, with the Father and his Son through the work of the Spirit. Who are in perfect fellowship, characterized by love, the bond of love, love itself. To be reminded, whereas our union with Christ neither grows or diminishes, our experience of communion can and does at times. And so our love and our fellowship with the Lord. Fellowship with God in Christ. And friends, we do not need to go through a three-credit course or read extensive theological treatises in order to experience fellowship with God. What we do need is to learn by grace to taste and to see the love, the grace and the fellowship of our triune God. In those times when you meditate on the mercy of God in Christ, and that for me, in those times when we reflect on Christ's forgiveness. And that for me. As we to become to be aware and experience the life-giving love of the Son. And that for me. The transforming grace of the Spirit who secures us in our fellowship with God. And yes, living in a fast-paced society with endless demands and countless opportunity can mean that slowing down to commune with the Lord can seem challenging, if not outright impossible. Amid the, our busyness, also at seminary, we can even find ourselves feeling guilty when we are not constantly accomplishing and finishing things. And moreover, be honest this morning, At times we can be neglectful in our communion with the Lord. A neglected husband may still be united to his wife through marriage, but that does not mean that their relationship is flourishing. Now, practically speaking, having fellowship includes, for example, to cultivate a hunger for scripture, meditate on them, listen, see. Handle the word. Meditate what it means to be in fellowship with Christ. Joshua 1 reminds us, the word, the word shall not depart from your mouth, but shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. When you attend church, partake of the Lord's Supper. On a regular basis. For this is the normal means of God's grace to his people. Do this in remembrance of me, says Christ. Then I ask you, is he that not worthy for what he has done for you? 
this unspeakable wonder of grace. He for me. And therefore, be practical, seek opportunities to care for the needy and the vulnerable. Eh? Biblically, there is a strong connection between loving widows, orphans and the poor and have fellowship with Jesus. Eh? James 1 verse 27, a religion that is a pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. To grow in fellowship with him through fellowship with others. Fourth, seek refuge in God through times of prayer. The apostle reminds us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find, find grace to help in time of need, seeing that we have a great high priest who intercedes for each of his children, even now. These examples, and we can look in scripture for many more, but these four examples of fellowship with the Lord is, is an imitation of Christ, the word of life, eh, who in the institution of his supper, direct us to fellowship. As the classical reformed form of the administration of the Lord's Supper reminds us, for we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. For as out of many grains one meal is ground and one bread is baked, and out of many berries being pressed together one wine flows and mixed itself together, so shall we all who by a true faith are encrafted into Christ, that's the principle, being all together one body through brotherly, sisterly love, for Christ's sake, our beloved Savior, who has so exceedingly loved us, and not only showed this in word, but also in the very deep two words, one and another. That is the practice. When you participate in the Lord's Supper on a given Sunday and you hear the cup of the blessing that we bless, is that not the fellowship in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is that not the fellowship in the body of Christ? But friends, does that fellowship with the Lord in communion with him overflow during the week in the seminary community? Do you share with one another? with each other, that you have seen and tasted that the Lord is good? Is Christ being imitated in our life, in our care for the vulnerable, also in our seminary community and beyond, to tell them, to share with them what, what things you have seen and heard, who Christ is, how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor. The gospel is preached. And lastly, being in prayer often as an imitation of your Savior. Jesus was persistent in prayer throughout his life on earth. He taught his disciples to pray. He healed people with prayers, insisted that some of the demons could be cast out only through prayer. Christ 
He prayed often and regularly with fervent cries and tears, as we learn from Hebrews 5. And he prayed sometimes all night. Friends, how are we doing in imitating our beloved Savior? When Christ faced his greatest crisis, he did so with prayer. And we hear him praying for his disciples and the church of all times on the night before he died. He petitioned God in agony in the garden of Gethsemane. And finally died praying, truly deeply experienced, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? No fellowship. So that you can have fellowship with him and the Father and are never forsaken by him who promised I will never leave you nor forsake you. If that is his promise to you, can you then leave that struggling one in our community alone? Can you forsake that one in fellowship? If so, if we say that we have fellowship with Christ, if so, leaving and forsaking that one that needs our care, friends, we walk in darkness, we lie and do not do the truth. And therefore, let us confess our sins and shortcomings in our fellowship, verse 9. And that, that we plead and take refuge in Christ, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, also those unrighteousness, when we do not have fellowship. That which we have seen and heard, proclaim we unto you, in order that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. When you have seen and heard, who Christ is for you. When you see and hear that union and communion, that fellowship with him, would you not share that with others around you in order that they have may also fellowship with us? A fellowship practiced in reading and reflecting on scripture together, in prayer together, in singing together, in caring for the vulnerable ones in our community and beyond. For example, through the field study program, the addicted ones, the abused ones, the homeless ones, the one that has to say, I have no helper. And friends, this is not a pet or praise for morality, but it is a fellowship that is incrafted into Christ and imitates Christ. Spiritual oneness in Christ and one another. True fellowship. He called. The apostle says, called into fellowship of his son Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that is a sharing vertically in the union each of us has in Christ by grace. But it is also a sharing together with other believers that common union we have with Christ and each other. True fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ and puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. 
And such fellowship can take place, sometimes unexpected. Sometimes it happens here in the hallways. Sometimes it happens in the library. A fellowship experience that was noted last week in Colombia in a Spanish consultation meeting for theological education. And I just want to share that with you. We met with representatives from seminaries from Chile and Colombia and Ecuador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico and Peru. Meeting brothers and sisters in which the Lord has worked that same grace, that union and communion with Christ, as we by grace experienced here or whatever country you come from. And that was manifested itself in the common bond of fellowship in Christ. And each morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there was an opening devotion by one of the brothers. And the meeting was closed by Dr. Bogus, also with a devotion. But it was very striking, very striking, that each of these devotions had a similar theme. It is not about us. When we work in theological education, it is the Lord's work. We are only here to serve with humility and working together as the Lord calls us to do. Christ-centered work by the Spirit in fellowship. That was spiritual oneness. And that fellowship last week ended in doxology. As spontaneous the group started to sing in Spanish, though, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly ghost. Praise Father, Son and Holy Ghost. That, my friends, is also the future of each of God's children. A fellowship ending in doxology. When there will be a great multitude that no one could number from every nation also here present at this seminary, from all tribes and people and languages, also from our alumni, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and in the doxology, and they will sing in fellowship, the song, the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. And therefore, true life, is living in true fellowship in Christ and together with one another. Now and forever, and that for Christ's sake. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, will grant by grace a blessing upon your word, that your word might bear fruit in our life, to increase in our communion with the Lord Jesus Christ and with one another. And that so as a seminary community, we are a testimony of your grace in this world. And that we also can invite and share this good news that others also may have fellowship with us. So Lord, bless us. Bless your word that it might bear fruit in each and every one of us. To the glory of your name, in the forgiveness of our sins, but for Christ's sake alone. Amen.